Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Great. Some nods. Um, there may be a few stragglers at the coffee stands, but I thought we should make a start. Um, we've got a lot to get through and hopefully some lively Q&A at the end as well. Um, so my name is Jim McDonald. I'm Chief Executive at Architecture and Design Scotland. I'm delighted to chair um, this morning's session. Before we get to that, I've got the obligatory housekeeping. Apologies if you've already heard any of this from the plenary stage, uh, but I'm under strict instructions to walk through a, a few announcements. Um, the catering areas and coffee retail points are within Hall 5. Don't ask me where Hall 5 is, but that's where the catering and retail points are. If you could all remember to turn your mobile phones to silent, um, uh, or indeed switch them off if you feel so bold. Um, should the fire alarm sound, please make your way to the nearest exits where SEC staff will be able to direct you to the safe place. Um, everyone is invited to the Lord Provost drink reception, drinks reception at the main stage area between 5 and 6pm. Um, and if you are attending the awards dinner this evening, it will begin with a reception drinks at 7pm. And I think that's at the Hilton Hotel, uh, for those of you who are lower. And if you have any questions about that function, um, I believe there's a, an organiser stand uh, somewhere in the building. Um, the conference is CPD accredited and certificates will be sent out after the event, so I don't think you have to do anything like that. But again, if you want to contact the organisers to clarify that. Uh, and finally, as uh, most of you will be doing, masks on while you're um, seated, other than taking refreshments. Um, or if you're speaking, so our speakers on the stage are excused that particular requirement. Poof. Right, on with business. Um, so yeah, so a bit about Architecture and Design Scotland. We're Scotland's design champion, working principally, but not exclusively in the built environment. And we've had a relationship with the school's estate for, for many years now, and an increasingly productive and close relationship with many local authorities, with Scottish Government, and indeed a wide range of, of partners, including on the contractor side. Um, so it's a very natural thing for us to support and, and, and be part of today. Um, our work is about bringing people together, using design to understand people's needs in ways which perhaps previously uh, what didn't happen. And a lot of the work that we do around the school's estate embodies our wider work, which is to use design as the means to create effective collaboration and produce outcomes for users. And ultimately, that's what I guess all of today is about. Um, in terms of the uh, the, the kind of the atmosphere today, um, I've been to a couple of things recently in person, and I, for one, I'm, I'm really, really overjoyed to be back in in spaces. And, and this is one of the moments in the year which I particularly look forward to. Um, because of that mixing of ideas and meeting new people and so forth, it gives us a chance to reflect, um, to refresh and to kind of reconnect with people. So I hope particularly this year you get the chance uh, to do that. Um, I'll be around over the course of um, today and tomorrow, so if anyone wants a, a longer chat about what ANDS does and how we might be able to help you, please feel free to tap me on the shoulder regardless of what I'm doing. Um, so, that's enough from me. Uh, I want to introduce um, our first set of speakers, um, Douglas Hutchison from South Ayrshire Council and Fiona McAvoy from Newton Primary School within South Ayrshire. Um, and um, if, uh, Douglas, I think you're going to go first. Yeah, if I can invite you to come up and I'm going to sit down over there. Um, thank you. So, uh, 
as you've heard, I'm Douglas Hutchinson. I'm the um, Deputy Chief Executive and Director of People, but I have a responsibility for education in South Ayrshire. And I'm going to talk about a very small-scale project uh, that we carried out in South Ayrshire and the impact it had in the community. Um, I mean, I see Lindsay from BDP and Michael from... Uh, we do lots of huge projects uh, in South Ayrshire, multi-million pound projects, uh, refurbishing and, and rebuilding schools. This was a tiny project that cost 107,000 and it was about repurposing old space to create a sense of uh, community. Um, so it's in Newton Primary School uh, in Ayr. If you know Ayr, it's just past where the race course is. That's our most deprived uh, part of South Ayrshire. Um, significant deprivation. Um, and Newton Primary, Fiona's the head teacher, as you heard, uh, it's a small single stream school. It serves the Wallace Town area of Ayr. That's the area for us that has the greatest complexity in terms of deprivation. Uh, generations of um, uh, poverty, significant drug misuse in the area. But one of the other problems the area had was there was nowhere where communities could come together uh, and that's why we carried out uh, this project. As I says there, the schools, the children, the staff, the parents, uh, it's not just the building, but Newton Primary has become, uh, largely since Fiona became head teacher, um, has become the heart of the community because it's the only place in the area where the community can uh, come together. Um, that's a headline from the Ayrshire Post. Apologies if there's anybody here from the Ayrshire Post, but that's the kind of thing they write and like to write about. Um, so that was in 2020. I mean, I don't think it'd be a shock to anybody else apart from a tabloid journalist that there was a rise uh, in deprivation uh, in the area of... Um, and you can see that's, uh, from their perspective, a typical scene. Fiona has worked hard and the council has worked hard uh, to try and uh, eradicate that kind of scene there. We work closely with waste management um, to, to deal with the kind of issues you see. But that, those are the pictures they used in their story. But you can see that the, the level of deprivation and where it stands in the rankings uh, in Scotland. That's the... Uh, uh, just some of the statistics, but they're all the figures that go with uh, significant deprivation. Um, life expectancy lower than normal, um, all causes mortality, uh, 15 to 44, one of the highest in, in Scotland. Alcohol-related hospitalisations, uh, significant. Low rates of childhood immunisation, COPD, um, largely because of smoking. Uh, drug-related hospital admissions are hugely uh, above the average. And the, the map there is a heat map of crime in the area. And you can see that the closer into the centre of the area you go, the higher the density uh, of uh, crime. So as I said already, Wallacetown lacked a space where people could come together. There isn't a church, there isn't a community centre, there, isn't, there, there was absolutely nothing in the area other than fairly dense and fairly ageing uh, housing. I, you can see in the background of the picture uh, with the boys there um, the kind of housing stock it is. It's, it's fairly old. It's now a mixture of privately owned and council owned, which makes it really difficult to carry out refurbishment because trying to get landlords to agree uh, all of the complexity around that. So 
complex uh, area, but very limited facilities in the area and the people in the community um, unwilling to go elsewhere. Um, there are places nearby, but they see that as a different community. So we wanted to create a space where people could come together and where services could come together and support uh, the community rather than them having to constantly go out to services. So we set aside a small budget to create a sense of school as hub. The school was already the anchor, uh, as I said. So the project, as you can see, it was a fairly small project. It was only 107,000, and it was a conversion of existing space within Newton Primary School um, to create that uh, community hub facility. You can see the, the detail there. The main contractor was Westgale. They're a very good contractor for South Ayrshire, do a lot of the small scale work. Uh, that we're involved in. And it was largely carried out um, internally by the in-house architects. It was, um, that's more of the detail um, from the architect uh, himself. So uh, simply changing two rooms into uh, a single space, removing a, an unused computer suite in a vacant room and creating a facility with an ex... It was important there was an external door uh, so that the community could access during the day and it was securely fobbed off from the school. So um, that's the space that was created. I'm going to hand over to uh, Fiona now who's going to tell you the impact and how it was used to create that sense of community. Hello, I'm Fiona McAvoy, head at Newton Primary. So I've got a lovely bit of paper here to remind me. Um, we needed somewhere in our area for people to come to, it's not just the lowest 5%, it's the lowest half a percent data zone, deprived data zone in the whole of Scotland. Poverty is crazy in our area. The people who live in our area who have been through huge trauma, they are living in dire poverty, there was nowhere for them to go, they don't access services because the services for us would actually be fine, we could get in a car or go in a bus to into the town or walk into town. They don't do that. They don't access services. So for us to have a community hub in our school, because it was the only place there could be one, was crucial. We started um, during lockdown doing a food bank, which we did from the school. This was created in the summer um, last year. I can't believe it's only a year and a half-ish. But um, last year it was created. We were in a food hub uh, for people during lockdown. We did that every day. When this space was built for us, or created for us, we then moved the food bank into there. And we are getting families from our area coming, that's fine, they get support, they access support readily. We've got a school app, they can access support whenever they need it. But because we had this area, we got people from the community. So over, our community is split, it's, as Douglas has said, privately and council 50-50. It's also split, 50% are families and 50% are single people, mostly men, who have got huge issues, alcohol, drugs, through trauma, and they have nowhere to go and they weren't accessing services. So now we're running our service on a Tuesday and a Friday, and we're getting more members of the community coming. They don't access, they, don't, they only go into the town to beg, or they go into the town for whatever other things they might do in there, but they come to us for support. They come, we've got nearly, since last Christmas when we started taking numbers we've had 300 people from our community not families our families were separate and we're, they're getting other supports they get supports through this but 300 community members the most vulnerable people you can think of in our society in scotland 
And we have, as part of the food bank, we're now able to have services there. So we've got addiction services, we have um, energy services, we've got homeless nurses, we've got um, justice workers, we've got um, recovery groups, and they're all there. And the people who are coming to us know they're there, so they can access these services readily. They don't have to think about it. We have people coming who now we've got to the extent we've built the relationship with the people. People coming to us who are in fear of... I know this is a building thing, but they're in fear of breaching their bail conditions, which means there'll be a warrant issued for their arrest. They come to us to say, could you please phone my justice worker so that I'm not breaching my warrant and I'm not breaching my bail and I won't get a warrant. That's the level, that's the people we're working with. And they've now got somewhere, because of this, 107,000, they've got somewhere they can come to, to talk to someone. And I can go on my phone or we have people there that can do that for them. We have people from housing. Our housing stock is it's actually fine, but because they're living with not much money, they're not heating them properly, they're not living in them properly, so therefore that's got a knock-on effect. They need housing support, and they can readily access that there. We've got recovery agencies who are now working together because they can, they're giving out bus passes and they're giving out phones to people so they can link in with their addiction worker or whoever that they need to link in with. And this is the place they can come to. It's outside, it's not inside, obviously, because of COVID. But outside, they can link in. And again, they come because people, they know that people are coming to us and they can link in with us. Um, as well as the food we do, we've also got clothes and household. You can't, oh, I need to press on, don't I? Sorry. That's the outside, which is gorgeous. We tried to make the room at Wallace Town. We designed that so that it was a rainbow. It was encompassing everybody that wanted to come. This is the room now. So you can see on the left-hand side, we have fresh produce. Health outcomes in our area are absolutely dire. Um, for a flu vaccine for children, until they started making a kind of opt-out, we're less than 50% for our children with flu vaccinations. COVID vaccinations no uptake from um, our people who are living there. Again, they're living in chaos. You haven't got a doctor. You've changed your doctor. You've changed your address. La, 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 la. We had um, COVID vaccines, not in this room because it was too small, but we had them in the gym. So we managed to um, vaccinate 46 members of the community in one day in our gym. And we were also able to hand out 16 naloxone kits. So naloxone kits for our families and our people in the community who... Um, are addicted to drugs, naloxone kits are saving lives, so we had the ability to give out 16 naloxone kits as well. Again, as a result of this room and just making everything in the community work together, fresh produce and it's a shopping list system, so you don't get a bag of baked beans, you get a bag of what you need, they pick from the shopping list, and fresh produce, again, for health outcomes, are amazing. We need to get that, our people to get that. Um, this picture here is one, my deputy's mum, so these two are volunteers from the area who, are, who don't work, but they were looking to volunteer to fill their time because they know if they're not filling their time, they're then getting up to other things that they don't necessarily want to get up to. So they came in and she did a food hygiene course with them in the room. And they, the, the one at the top is actually a chef. So he is making now hot meals. So we get hot meals along with the food on a Tuesday and a Friday. So again, the benefit of this room is amazing. Those are the people we had. I've mentioned some of the other things. We did the two to five immunisation, flu immunisation pickup because the uptake was so poor. And now we've done the COVID uptake. 
We've got women's aid who are accessing the, the room because people don't go to their office, but they'll come to us. We've got a um, rapid, rapid access um, NHS addictions day on a Wednesday. That's for people who are trying to get onto methadone. The waiting list is crazy long. The, um, to get to people who can do that assessment for you was the Ailsa Hospital in Ayr, which is a bus or two buses away. People weren't accessing it from our area, so we have that on a Wednesday in, our, in the room. We do beauty bar for mums, we do cricket. If you know uh, Mrs Hinch, you'll know cricket and all the labelling and everything. We're doing that just now. We're making a huge use of this room for the community, but for everyone in the community. Christmas is coming. That The top pictures are shopping lists. So those shopping lists were orders that come in. We do the shopping bags and then those go out. So that's just our families. That's not community members because they can't pre-book. They come along with it when they come. But that's our families waiting to go out. These are kind of Christmas donations. We do a Christmas ready meal because we couldn't do normally at Christmas time. We have a big Christmas meal in our gym hall. We can't do that because of COVID. So these are pre-made Christmas meals. And again, families order and members of the community will order. Um, that's Housing First. Amazing. They work with very, very vulnerable. And we provided them with bags for homeless people for Christmas, for clothes, a present um, and food as well. And this is donations that we get in. We get donations all the time. But again, the room is the hub and the source of everything that we can do. This, these are our children. <laughs> this is Leyland. He's magic. Um, the other two are magic. I'll not say all the names. But, um, and again, that's the fresh produce. We get that from Little Aldi, Tesco, Asda, Sainsbury's, wherever. We, get, we go the night before, the day before, and they give us the fresh produce. We also um, subsidise it a bit and we buy stuff as well. We need potatoes, um, carrots and onions are kind of our go-to a lot of the time because we don't get them readily, but um, yeah, and milk, UHT milk. That's us. I'm trying to think of anything else. Is that me overrunning? So, yep, the impact for our community is absolutely massive. So thank you very much for listening. Wow, um, that was amazing. Um, I would happily have listened to that for a bit longer. Um, Fiona may not forgive me for saying so, but um, Fiona McAvoy, MBE, I don't think there's been a better earned or more well-deserved MBE in a long time. Um, and all for £107,000 of investment. What an amazing set of achievements that is. So, um, questions are up on the slide, um, but you can hold these until we've heard all of the presentations, if you don't mind. Um, and I'll explain the presence of the two microphones within the room uh, when we get to that point. So, thanks again to Douglas and, and to Fiona. Um, we're now going to invite um, Maxine Booth and, and Mark Mitchell from Aberdeen Council um, to address this. And um, by the magic of technology, we're also going to be joined by the pupils and staff of Inverurie Academy. So, Maxine, can I hand over to you? Good morning everyone. Um, our students are quite disappointed today because they should have been with us, but because of an issue with travel, we've managed to zoom them in by the magic of technology and we've also got a video to show you of our super um, Inverurie community cam cam um, campus. We're really proud of it. So. Hopefully we can showcase it today. So I'm Max Booth, I'm a Quality Improvement Manager for Aberdeenshire Council, but I'm also a Lead Officer for the RIC of the Northern Alliance. And I'm here together with Mark. Do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> Hi, I'm Mark Mitchell, I'm the Estates Programme Manager with Aberdeenshire Council. 
and we've got some of our students here. I'm not sure if we can get them on screen yet. There they are. Do you want to give a wave? <laughs> okay, so we've got Ruby, Abby, Amira, Harry, Hamish and Paul. So they'll be joining us shortly for their part of the speech. Mark. Thank you. Um, just to give you some key facts about Inverurie Community Campus. Um, so it's a school that's got 1,600 spaces for secondary pupils. There's an 80-place uh, special school. We also have NHS Grampian on site with us with the child development team. Our Live Life Aberdeenshire colleagues are our leisure outfit and we have community learning and development all based within the campus. The building opened in October 2020, so it's all just been open over a year now. However, we do have a final phase of work still ongoing, which involves the demolition of the old site, along with some all-weather pitches and multi-use games area and extending the, the bus park and car parking. That's still ongoing with a view to having that all complete by summer of next year. So when we started this project, we wanted it to be fully community. We were going to be um, demolishing the community building beside the school. The school is actually um, the school field of where it was originally. We have built on the school field, so the location remains the same, right in the heart of Inverurie. We worked with um, Space Strategies, Maggie Barlow, some of you may have worked with Maggie before, and it was fantastic to get people's minds around the actual concept of the building. We didn't want a school with a community part attached, we wanted it to be a fully community building. So we have a public zone, the invited zone, and the private zone, and we worked with all stakeholders to decide which parts of the building would go where. It's really difficult when you're having these conversations, particularly with education staff, because some um, find it difficult to get that imagery of having everybody in the same space and keeping their students safe. So it was really important that we set out a, um, a very um, community-minded access strategy. Um, and we wanted to make sure that the building was accessible for all. And hopefully the video that we've got to show you will um, show that even further. We pushed the building design further. We took walls away. We had more plazas than what we've had before. We had to do this slowly with the staff so that they were on board because they were a little scared about some of the things that we were saying. You know, we don't want a tannoy anymore. We want to remove some of the walls. Um, we don't want you to have teacher desks. There was all of this conversation that we had to have. And yes, we want the community to be able to access the second and third floors. Um, so. We'll move on to the access strategy. Mark will go through that and then we'll go to the students. Yeah, so a key, key aspect of bringing all that together is, is the access strategy for the Inverurie Community Campus. So it was a key document that is always set out from the start of any development of our community campuses. And the strategy sets out some fundamental aspects as to how the many stakeholders and associated user groups not only gain access to the building, but how they move around it. The strategy sets out reception requirements, the signing in procedure and the visitor arrangements amongst many other aspects. However, prior to the development of the strategy, detailed engagement took place with community groups and organisations in addition to the school stakeholders to understand their space requirements, all of which helped us to inform the design, increase the suitability of space and ensure that spaces are fit for purpose. 
Most importantly, this exercise ensured we could accommodate all the required groups and organisations into the new community campus. Understanding the requirements of these groups helped to develop an indoor door strategy to ensure security and access restrictions were in place in the correct places. This in turn helped ensure that space utilisation was high, sweating the asset to ensure it is being used to its absolute maximum. The access strategy also aims to help instil a culture of challenge, ensuring campus users feel empowered to ask who people are if they're unsure, recognising and understanding the procedure of using the building so that they can quickly and easily identify issues which help protect and safeguard all within the building. But as Max mentioned, fundamentally the access strategy aims to set expectation and that it's okay to have pupils in public in the same space at the same time if the processes and procedures are all in place to protect them. Max is just going to take you through some imagery of our um, building just to give you an idea of some of the spaces that we've been talking about this morning. So we've got quite a number of open learning spaces. We didn't want to label spaces or rooms because we didn't want it to become pigeonholed to only have one use. Um, so we've got lots of um, these wide open spaces and the students and the staff really enjoy using them as will the community when things open up a little bit more due to COVID. We've got lots of the one-to-one -one booths for students to study or people to have a cup of tea and a chat um, to have parents into these areas as well to have discussions. We have a super lab. It has two standard type labs on each end and then walls that come between. So you can have it as three separate spaces, two or one large space. We've also got a technician spine with that too, which works really well. So it's very difficult to showcase all of the spaces, but hopefully the video will help you try and visualise the, the campus. I'm now going to pass over to our, to our captains. Yeah. I do have their speech here, so if you don't mind, I'll read it on their behalf. Um, belt and braces approach and all that, so we've, we've come prepared. Um, so Max introduced them. These are our six captains um, for Inverurie Community Campus. Um, and I will just read it out. From, from their perspective. So um, the captains are delighted to be here today. Unfortunately, they were meant to be here, but due to um, some transport issues, they are zooming in, and unfortunately, we can't now hear them. But as school captains, we set an example for fellow students and are involved in the many different leadership roles. We take great pride in our new campus and have been at the center of transi transition from the previous Inverurie Academy building. Winston Churchill wrote, that we build our buildings, thereafter they shape us. This provides a great context for our campus to improve education, safety and development for each student, in addition to well-being and social intelligence. At Inverurie Academy, we have a strong belief in our core values of ambition, inclusion and integrity and respect, and, and want to make sure that these are not just words in a poster, but values that teachers, students and the wider community aspire to. We work hard to develop these values in our old, old building and we take this with us into the new community campus, which will continue to shape who we are and how we function for years to come. We value, that people, we value the people that inhibit a place and the relationships we form with each other. In a COVID-impacted world, in a time of great uncertainty, relationships only provide to be even more important. 
As a school, we benefit hugely from the new facilities and the vast number of opportunities now available to us. The campus lies at the heart of the town of Inverurie and our aspiration is to be a place where the community is front and centre. Inverurie Community Campus provides a place the community can learn and develop together. It means access for all so that students and members of the community can have state-of-the-art facilities that are brand new but also facilities that help us to be more aspirational and to develop and grow under the same roof. It is not uncommon for us to pass community groups in the corridor as they make their way to different rooms and facilities in the campus. We not only get to use the campus for school during the day, but some of, some of us use facilities like the fitness suite and the swimming pool before and after school. The culture, history and heritage of Inverurie Academy lives on in this new building and future students have the opportunity to learn in a flexible, safe and open environment with spaces such as learning plazas, planned learning spaces and tutorial rooms. Here is the story of our journey to Inverurie Community Campus. This video has been created by our, our S3 media class and includes students from St Andrews Special School. We hope you enjoy the video. on the 8th of December 2016 approved of the £55 million bill that would rehome St Andrews School, Inverurie Academy and House of Public Education. The current Inverurie Academy can only hold a maximum of 2,900 people and that adds children from Kearney, Inch, Oin, Inverurie, Couture, Port Elvingston and Chapel Gain. Its accessibility is unrivaled compared to other schools in the area. However, the people are truly what makes the campus a good place to be. Its location is perfect, it's situated right in the centre of town. It's a privilege to be head teacher of Inverurie Community Campus. I often think that part of the job of a head teacher is to worry. Worry to make sure that learning and teaching is as good as it can be. Uh, worry to ensure that the school day runs smoothly and that people enjoy coming to work and also going to school. So it isn't perhaps that surprising that I was worried about making sure that the relationships we have with our new campus neighbours are positive and we create a smooth running campus. There are a lot of us to work together. St Andrews School, Live Life Aberdeenshire, Community Learning and Development, National Health Service and Community Partners. So it was such a big relief when the big move happened. The worries started to disappear quickly. Of course, everything's taken a little bit longer because of COVID, but we are getting there. The truth is that a state-of-the-art building is wonderful, but it's actually the people who inhabit the building who make it work, who take it to the next level, who make it special. And we've been really lucky with our campus partners. Pupils can use the canteen, the auditorium, and outside for breaking lunches. The S5s and S6s have their own areas. 
It will be even better when the outside is landscaped. Um, moving up to the new academy has been a great experience. Watching the new school get built, um, it just makes it even more exciting. Like, it's not just me that's brand new to this building. Everybody else is just finding their way around and getting used to it. The new building is really good for practical subjects such as science, for the plugs, the sinks, the gas taps especially, to um, conduct experiments. And I've got techie for um, woodwork and metalwork with um, machines. In the drama department there are certain stations for, for example, for putting in shows for hair and makeup. You've got um, good lighting and sound equipment properly. Installed. This new community campus is more of a better environment for me to learn in. I like to use the humanities learning booths when I'm in my free periods because I know that they're close to the humanities classrooms and I can easily go and get my teacher. Before moving, there was a lot of worries to do with the open classrooms. However, once in the new school, they have disappeared very quickly. Compared to maybe the old school, my new classroom obviously has far better technology, which is incredibly useful, especially for something like English, where you are constantly using ICT and technology for various different tasks. It's things like the practical subjects that other schools maybe don't cater to. So these things are incredibly accessible, and it means obviously that students, once they leave school, they've got some experience. I like that in a new school I'm on the same floor as my faculty because in the last school I was up the top floor by myself and didn't have anybody around me. I like the learning classes, we use them quite a lot. Um, we use them for pupils, use them for classes, use them for like breakout spaces. Generally they're made quite good use of for all of our classes. From the point of view, the facilities in PE are just absolutely incredible. Uh, much bigger, better, um, more space. The swimming pool is fantastic and I can only imagine what it's going to be like when the new pitches arrive as well. We've got St Andrew's uh, pupils next door and they are around every single day using the pool so the accessibility there is, is fantastic. It's a very kind of community driven school I would say and that really helps to establish it apart from other schools. This is a door which leads to a garden. Every classroom has one of these and it's controlled using a fork. Come to our sensory garden which has a garden and as you can see a very nice one on that and here's flower beds and a mud pit. This is a musical instrument part of our sensory garden. Here's it, so I've This is our hoist, fitted to many of our classrooms. Right, this one, this one is half coverage, but some of them go this way, which means a full coverage. So we've got many types of toilets some of which are independent toilets, then there's accessible toilets, and then, like this one here, a changing toilet. This is one of our many sensory rooms that we have in the school, and here's our bubble tube. It's a tube filled with bubbles, and, it, and again, it changes colours. What I'm on just now is a bed which has warm water 
pumping foot and on on my right hand side is a panel with lights in it which represent stars welcome to white scale spoon this is where we learn to to cook and bake The gender-neutral toilets were controversial. At first, people were really unsure, but now no one really notices. It has been good for students who are trans or gender non-confirming. One of the ways in which campus partners work together is through a regular meeting called the Campus Management Board. It sounds pretty grand, but it's just a chance for schools uh, and the other partners to join together, solve problems, and ensure that this, the place and space run smoothly. With the Youth Forum, over the last, well, we've been working with them for the last 14 years. A space in Inverurie, young people could have to feel safe, to be able to um, be supported, um, and um, that it was kind of sort of protected for young people. So within the, the campus, um, we are hoping to use um, lots of areas, um, sort of maybe during the weekends and evenings um, and during the summer and October holidays. Actually the community centre was such a, a huge place where people could come and feel safe, get a cup of tea, be supported um, and the pool table was kind of there in the middle of it and it, that kind of signifies kind of that kind of feeling and we kind of hoped that this building will then take on that, that feeling. We've been able to take advantage of the indoor facilities at the moment, the size of the games hall. Uh, makes a massive difference, which allows us to use different age groups at the same time doing different activities. The fitness gym is another area we're exploring, uh, it's something that the children are expressing interest in using and we are speaking to local coaches, we're bringing in powerlifting and weightlifting, which also links to wider community membership use. The long-term aim is to try and get them to use the facility year-round. And I think having everything in one building has just brought everybody closer together. The facilities we have are fantastic. Uh, we're much better equipped to be able to um, provide the service we need to, to the local community. And we've got much more in the way of new facilities that we didn't have at the old place. We've got dance studio, we've got exercise classes, we've got two fantastic gymnasiums, great games hall. It's pretty well set up to be able to segregate the two during the school hours and then in the evenings when the school's out, um, uh, access to the, the school park is limited anyway. So we've been provided with this wonderful Inverurie Community Campus. As you can hear and as you've seen, the task now is to continue to make use of the facilities as campus users for our learning and for the good of the wider community. The Covid pandemic has meant that uses of the community campus have been a bit bumpy. The building is still that campus since we're only just making it our own. Hopefully that gave a flavour of what our building is. We really hope that some of you will be able to visit once people can travel and go and see buildings again so you see it for real. Um, I think I'm going to hand back over to Jim and then we'll take any questions if anybody has any. Thank you.
Okay, uh, right, thanks very much. An excellent risk management, uh, Mark. You had the speech prepared, even though the tech let us down at the end. I understand that we might now have a link back that includes some audio. So if there are any questions that you'd want directed to the, to the pupils, um, then, then we can try and get them back on, I think. Um, Okie doke, so we've got, um, what time is it? I haven't got my clock. We've got a few minutes for some questions. Um, the microphones are there for a reason because of some Zoom attendance. Um, if you do have a question, we're going to need you to come up and deliver that question via um, one of those two microphones. Um, again, if for COVID purposes you could try not to touch them, um, that would be good. Um, what time is it? Yes, yeah, so we've got about 15 minutes. Um, two very contrasting um, projects, clearly. Um, but certainly I was struck by some of the things that they shared. Um, I'd like to explore that a little bit, I guess. But um, does anybody um, want to kick off with, with the first question? not seen any hands going up. Um, okay, we do have a hand at the back. Do you want to step forward to the microphone? Say who you are, where you're from, and then fire away with your question. Hey, my name's Gordon Reid. I'm with uh, Cure Construction. I suppose it's a question for Mark and Douglas. Um, you've obviously gone through quite a learning ex experience there with Inveruri and with Newton, and is the idea now to take those um, learning experiences and take them out into your various council areas? I'm thinking about Peterhead, perhaps for Mark, and maybe Douglas elsewhere within South Ayrshire, where you've got areas of deprivation. Thank you. Press it. I think there might be a reason. Do I have to press a button? Oh, it's on. Um, South Ayrshire, um, this administration in South Ayrshire had an ambition to create schools as a hub for the community and shrink the rest of the estate. That has had challenges. Uh, we've, we've done it in the, the big projects. We've folded um, other services and other uh, buildings into the major capital projects. This was probably the first where we did it with an existing pretty much an old Strathclyde building and created. Uh, so it was probably a template and a trial for um, what could potentially be used in other existing buildings for a small capital cost. It should be possible to bring services into uh, the area. So for us, it's, it's, it's an attempt. I mean, I'd have to say the school are particularly good. It might not work in every school, but it is meant to be um, a, a template that we hope to use uh, in other areas of the council. Yeah. In, uh, in Veruri's case, we, after every new project, we carry out a post-occupancy evaluation um, from a construction side um, as, as well as an educational side as well. So we're just about to embark on that process with Inverurie Community Campus because we like to do it a full year after occupation. Now, obviously with COVID um, over the last year or so, we've not been able to fully utilize the campus as originally envisaged. So we're, we're just working through that process at the moment. But in terms of using that POE, that post-occupancy evaluation, um, that, that, that's absolutely the heart of everything that we do in Aberdeenshire, learning from what we've done before. We're about to embark on Peterhead Community Campus, which is a much bigger project involving a primary school as well, as well as a secondary and the special school elements. So there's an awful lot of learning that we know already from Inveruri that we would like to embed in, in the Peterhead Community Campus project. 
we, we have a strategic brief that we have um, for all our community campuses and that, that very much shapes the design and we involve our stakeholders from, from the outset in that to ensure that we are getting what it is that we need the building to be. Thanks, guys. Any other questions? And you'll see that the students have reappeared. And I think if we do have the links, it would be really good if maybe a couple of questions could be directed their way. Um, can we have a um, gentleman in the middle first and then at the front? And again, if you'd like to step up to the microphone, please. Jamie Baxter from Wardle Armstrong. Um, I don't know if this is working. Uh, it's a, a question for the for the pupils, and that is, um, how how do the open classrooms feel, and does it does it change uh, the way that you act uh, and the way that the teacher acts? Well, if you go on wild days, you because we're used to just the four the usual four walls. So it, it it was a bit weird at the start, but I think I'm starting to see. The advantages definitely it creates a much nicer atmosphere and environment um, and as well for the teachers sort of passing by they can see into the classrooms make sure everything's going well and um, I definitely think it's a, it's a positive change. What about the teachers are they coping? Um, I'd say the teachers did struggle at first, um, as it is a massive change. Uh, but as time's gone on, they're getting used to it, and I think I've heard a lot of good feedback from teachers, um, and they're enjoying the atmosphere. Great, thank you. Okay, thanks very much. Um, teachers playing catch up with the pupils. Nothing new there. Um, right, sorry, we're getting lots of questions now. So this one here, then in the middle, and then at the back. Hi there, it's Paul Wally from Aberdeenshire Council. I wasn't quite as close to this project as my colleagues uh, up on the stage talking about it, but I mean, just watching the video, I suppose my question would be, you know, what what key aspect or one space or do, do you think that, that really stands out that's available to you as students at the campus now that you maybe didn't have before? Just something that really stands out for you here that's maybe a bit different. Uh, I would probably say the new PE department. Um, basically just because of how much of a, a big change it is, how much of an improvement it is from the old school. Uh, like we've got like three gymnasiums now, a um, dance studio, a fitness suite, and we're getting uh, a couple of football pitches put in as well soon uh, once the new school's been knocked out. We've got a wide like, um, uh, choice of activities now. Um, it's a lot broader than we had in the, in the old school, so I'd probably say that. Um, I'd probably say the spaces to study that are new to us, because I believe in the last school there was only kind of one room dedicated, the common room, and um, now you have your own initiative to go, if you want to go to a quiet space in the English department, the academic department, you have a room to study, and I think it gives you a lot more responsibility, and you're closer to the teachers, and you're always there, you know. Thank you. Good. Thanks very much. Right. I'm losing track of my questions. I think, yes, in the middle there, and then there was another one at the back. Morning, everyone. Um, I've got uh, one question, but it's for both uh, panellists, if that's okay. But both about engagement. 
So could I ask Fiona and Douglas how they actually engaged with the community when they were bringing these very diverse types of subjects onto a primary school campus? So engagement and uh, the engagement question for the, the pupils as well. Uh, what was the best technique and how did the council engage with you to create the outcome that you've now achieved? Great stuff. Right, can we take um, South Ayrshire first and then we'll come back to uh, Aberdeenshire? Um, so I think it came about because we were recognising the need for it, basically. So we were then going to the, the authority and they were working with us. The engagement point came, really, COVID horrendously did us a big favour because that meant we had community engagement, we had parents engaging. The process is ongoing, so the parents, if they've got any questions about things happen, happening, they can ask, we ask them as well what they'd like to see, we ask the community what they'd like to see as well. So because of that relationship built up now, it's just kind of an ongoing process of doing it. But the big hit came when lockdown came, and then we were getting the people in the relationships built then. So it's an ongoing process. Can I just add, um, there was definitely some nervousness uh, in the community, particularly about the Wednesday, uh, and there were a couple of complaints. Um, but we didn't change. Um, everybody knows that drug addiction is the major blight in that community and not to provide those services in the community and support the people would simply be wrong. So we just dealt with the complaints and moved on. But there was certainly uh, some nervousness, not principally among parents. Um, uh, no complaints from parents actually, it was probably former parents and people that don't like Fiona. But anyway, we just dealt with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and do you maybe want to reiterate your question for, for the pupils up in Aberdeen? Sir? Yeah, just the same question about engagement and just how um, your, your colleagues, uh, the teaching staff and the council engaged with the pupils. Um, what was the best technique that you felt that your voice was heard uh, in the outcome of your new campus? Um, our teachers were, that it was very important to them to get the people's voice heard. We had to, you know, learn in this, this new building, it was very important to them that it, like, we liked it. So there was a lot of, in the build-ups, like the design and stuff, there was a lot of them, um, engagement with us the pupils there'd be like assemblies and there'd be um there'd be polls and stuff and yeah meetings uh, they'd call like certain pupils in or just like a general year uh, group if there was like stuff that we particularly wanted added to the building and so yeah we felt really involved in the process um. I, also, I always say about how president, like the presence in the new school feels um, and the inclusion that it is. And I feel like engagement is so much more easy in this school as everyone is so included in a present space and we're all in one area. Um, and just like we were saying earlier, walking around, you're seeing everyone all the time. Um, so I think there's always easy opportunity for teachers to engage with pupils in that way. Great. Okay, and I think we had one more question. Hi, I'm Helen Groves from um, Atkins Architecture. Um, a question really for the Inverurie team. Um, the holy grail of being able to have community on site at the same time as, as you have the school in session, um, that's a, a really rare thing. What do you feel you did differently to actually enable that to happen on this campus that perhaps isn't able to happen elsewhere? 
Can you reiterate the question, please? I couldn't... Uh, sorry, do you want to repeat the question? It, I, I don't think oh, we, we heard it okay. all. Um, sorry, in terms of the, the, the kind of the holy grail of having um, community on site at the same time as the students are in session, what it's a really rare thing, and it's wonderful to see. What do you feel you did differently um, here that that hasn't been able to happen elsewhere in other schools? Um, I think that it was the original concept which I showed at the beginning that we worked through with um, space strategies. We wanted to get that right from the outset so that people could understand it. And I think that conceptual drawing actually helped people understand the parents to know that their, pu their children would be safe because there were private spaces. But as well for the community, we were taking away quite a well-loved building. So we needed to make sure that they felt confident that whatever they were doing in that building would be replicated in the new building. And that was hard, wasn't it? Because they really did love it. You heard the lady speak on the video, you know, they have this passion for that and they wanted to make sure. So we were trying to get across that it's not the building, it's the people. And you can replicate that ethos and culture within a new stages of COVID, then that will be fully realised. But we're already starting to see community go back to the spaces. So it was about sending that message right from the start, um, a bit like colleagues here. Sometimes you have to just rest with the negativity and know that some of that's there, but keep going, knowing that the vision is the right vision. Be confident about it yourself, then that culture will eventually change. And I think that was the most important bit, making sure that people could visualise from the start. Of, of what we were trying to do. Um, some of that came down to where the secure doors were. We had little maps and people would be able to get here, people would be able to get there. The swim and gym created quite an issue, um, but, but we managed to get through that um, and impress upon people that they would be safe and making them realise that when you go to the, you know, the shopping areas, you're passing people all the time in the way that you do. Responsibility, that risk assessment bit with under one roof. So we worked it through it and it's working and, and we're looking forward to the end of COVID where it can be fully utilised. Thank, Thank you. Okay, thanks very much. Do we have any final questions? Yes, lady here. Um, Susan Tyre from Margale and Butte Council. One specifically for Fiona, and it's relation to managing that building. Do you take on the managerial responsibility for that, or do you work with a community colleague that takes on the community side? Um, well, so now we've got a huge big project, the Wallstown project. We've actually got a community coordinator. Up till now, um, it was me and my management team, and we we're doing it, which is fine because we need it to work. And I think sometimes if it's working the way we work, because we we didn't not have anything to do during COVID but when we were in lockdown we didn't have children and the children were at home and the staff were interacting so we had time then to kind of set the groundwork and that's really benefited so we now have a community coordinator but we do the bulk of it ourselves I just wondered how challenging that was for you as a management team because I can't imagine head teachers normally taking on that huge responsibility of having that community side of it as well I it's just the right thing to do, so... <laughs> Good for you. Okay. Uh, thanks very much. Um, we're, ne we're nearly out of time, so I think it's probably best that um, we just kind of draw things to a close. I have a couple of reflections before we do. Um, clearly, very, very contrasting scales of project that we saw, um, but I was struck 
um, incredibly forcibly by what they shared in terms of a determination to be and belong to the place that they serve um, in, in a whole series of, of bewilderingly complex ways. Um, again, from my own experience in relation to our work, that's kind of always at the heart of the conversations that we start in places. So there's some really deep, rich learning, I think, um, for us there. Um, I was also struck by some of the questions, or, or, the, or, or what I saw to be a kind of consistent theme in the question, which is about engagement. And I think that um, it's almost worth thinking about a session uh, maybe at the next education, sorry, Learning Places Scotland uh, event, which drills into engagement. I think there's clearly an awful lot of um, coalface learning being captured, that some techniques work better than others. The outcomes from them will offer reflection as well. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that plays out. And I think we got a lot... Um, you know, particularly from the feedback from the pupils at Inveruri there on how they felt through that process and what worked and what didn't work. So I think there's an enormous amount there. And again, at the heart of these working is engaging the users and ultimately the, the diversity of users who will use those things. So fantastic learning there. Um, really, all that remains for me um, is to thank our speakers, um, Mark, Max, Fiona and Douglas. Um, our incredible pupils for, uh, amongst other things, their patience and forbearance as the technology let us down a little bit, but we got there in the end. Um, and thanks to all of you. The material that is at this session and indeed all the sessions will be available um, online uh, shortly. And uh, in the meantime, if we can just thank our speakers in the normal way.